Okay. Welcome to another night with us on It's a Transformer podcast. We have an amazing, beautiful guest that's going to join us tonight. Her name is Samaria. Um, and I cannot wait to ask her a few questions. And I'm sure you guys are going to be very interested in these questions as well. Um, as always, we we wouldn't want to be any place other than right here with you. Malik and I having such a good time um, having these conversations about those in our community um, and educating from a standpoint of actually talking to the individuals that are going through these transitions. Um, we are super excited to talk about uh, current events and give our shout outs before we get going with Samaria. So I'm going to turn it over to Malik. I'm Raquel, your host. Malik, what you got over there? Hey, everybody. This is Malik coming to you. So today I would like to shout out my very own baby, uh, Raquel Henry. Um, the reason I'm shouting her out today is because I believe she is called to the people. And most recently, um, a lot she's been saying she knows her calling is not to actually pastor a church, but to go out in the field and do the work. And she has been doing that night in and and night out. Uh, so today I would like to shout out my my other half, Raquel Henry, um, doing an outstanding job in our community. So kudos to Raquel Henry. Yeah, I want to go back and highlight um, a trans woman that was killed here in Atlanta. Although we've had several incidents where we've had trans women killed, um, most recently here in Atlanta, I want to highlight um, a beautiful trans woman who's actually um, will be featured in the hit Sundance documentary, Kokomo City Shot. Kokomo. Uh, Co yeah, Kokomo City. Kokomo. Um, she was shot here in Atlanta. Um, so I just want to say her name. Her name is Rashida Williams. And uh, she was killed here. She was um, also known as Coco the doll. She was one of the latest victims in, you know, a selfless murder, senseless murder here in Atlanta. And um, she will be featured in this beautiful film that's coming up. And to the date, there has been no leads to the arrest of her murder. So I just want to say her name, Rashida Williams. AKA Coco the dog. Uh, blessings to her family. We are praying with them and for them. Um, we're dealing with a lot in our community as far as at trans men, trans women, but I see more, frankly, I see more trans women at harm versus trans men. So we are praying for your family, my darling, until we meet again. Um, so before we get going, Samaria, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell our people a little bit about you before we really get into the good stuff. Well, hi, I'm Samaria Hale. Samaria Hale, a native of, born raised native of Mobile, Alabama, the Gulf Coast. Um, I am the daughter of two beautiful, outstanding parents. Um, I am an auntie. I am a great aunt. I am a woman of the cloth. I'm a licensed national evangelist. Second time over. <laughs> I am a preacher's kid. 
I am a down-home country girl. I am single. I am... <laughs> I hope you heard that. She said she's single. I am... I hope the right one here. But I am just a fun girl who just loves people, love to cook, love to eat, love to laugh. Oh, I love to laugh. Just a big old fat, pretty country girl. I got you. Now this is but but she will appear every now and then. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> but 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 is the cat. Y'all I, earlier but but was uh licking her face and I've never seen a cat do that, but uh, I'm not an animal person, so maybe all cats do it. I don't know, but I've never seen a cat actually lick a human being. But, but uh before we get started, know that we lead with love on this show and this is a safe place. Uh we have lots of conversation around conversations around love mental and physical health uh, support community. And we love to share these topics with um, our not only our community, but those who are educated about what's going on in our community. Um, today, we're gonna talk to Samaria about her personal journey and what that looked like as she transitioned from male to female, um, some of the challenges that she saw but not just the lows. I want to hear about the highs as well because it doesn't all have to be low when you're going through your transition. And also, uh, Samaria recently had a surgery, so I'm going to dive into that. Um, I think that's one of the topics that a lot of people chatter about behind closed doors, but they are afraid to kind of ask the questions. So since she's on here, um, I'm going to ask for you guys tonight. So Samaria... Let's start with just your personal journey. Like, what what was your personal journey during your transition? Oh, thank you, Jesus. You asked that question. Um, so personal journey because it will warm me up. To- That's so strong ones there, sister. Uh, what warmed me up to um, my personal journey? Um, I started my transition. I can't honestly say all my life. I kind of always knew that I was a little different. I always knew that I was a special type of, a special type of person. Um, I know that it was, if it was not for him, and when I say him, the little boy that I used to be, it would be no wonderful, strong woman that I am today. So I do acknowledge him. I do love him for who he were and what he contributed. Although I have, um, um, February was um, a special date or a special month for me. And preparing up to February, I had a um, personal private funeral for him. I buried him so that this woman can fully be free and fully live without being held held back to who he used to be. But I I, I so love who he was and uh, I have have some beautiful parents, although one of my parents chose not to be in my life anymore and that's his loss. It was my father. Um, He chose, when I turned 35, I called him and told him that I moved to Atlanta for the second time. I'm here in Atlanta and dad, I just want you to know where I was. And he said, don't ever call me. I sat on my son's sofa and I cried for two hours straight. 
And when I was done, I called my sister Raquel. And I said, for, for a lot of who people, well, I can't say a lot of people who don't know because a lot of people know that Raquel is my sister. And uh, for a long time, it was just like me and her always together doing stupid, crazy stuff on social media, doing videos. And I am the originator of Turn Up For Jesus. I introduced that to her and let her have it. <laughs> so I said, how do you have it? And I don't even want to know. I'm sorry, go ahead. But she, I called my sister and told her what just transpired, and she gave me some wonderful words of wisdom to, to, to let that go, you know, let that be his his journey. And if he ever circle back around, I'll always be there with open arms to love him, but to also still remain true to who you are. Um, okay. That is my journey with my parents. But what, Malik? What, what were you going to ask me? Um, I hear you speak on how you love the person you was. Um, with that, what made you decide to transition? What made me decide to transition, I had to be authentically free and happy. Because the old me was mean, angry all the time, depressed, suicidal, because I could not be who I was meant to be. Oh, within my heart that I identified the most with or who I could really be free in to just express myself, to just be able to, like, when I would walk out and work clothing, I would feel like I'm a big old stud. <laughs> I'm a big old lesbian. Like, what am I doing with, uh, with these pants on? I want to wear a skirt. I want to be like my aunt. I hated Easter. I hated Easter. And I come from a real Southern Baptist family. And Easter was important to us as a family, especially when granddad was going to do his good preaching, honey. Going to go in that high gear. My uncle knew was going to act a fool. And we was going to have dinner at Muddy House later. In our Easter clothes. Why? I had to wear this great. I hated it. I used to loves my sister dress because I was like, oh, you got all this fluffy ass dress. I want to wear it. <laughs> I was like, I hated it. Let me ask you, like, like, you hated Easter because you obviously had to wear pants, you know, and your sister <laughs> wear the dress you really wanted to wear. All right. And my grandma wore the head I wanted to wear. Mm. So, <laughs> as, as, a, as an adult, what took you so long to transition? Like, what what held you back from fully transitioning sooner? Growing up in a small town like Mobile, Alabama, and even now, there are limited resources to women of, of my experience. Also, I was holding on to try to make sure that this was really what I wanted to do. Downright within my soul that it, it, there was no other options for me. And also, to be honest as well, I didn't want to hurt my mom mm -hmm. as much as I, I knew it would hurt her until I became free of her hurt and right. understood that this was my happiness was not predicated on her. Correct. So, but at the end like of the day, you... she don't ask me for anything for her happiness. She do it because it makes her happy. Absolutely. 
So were you living for a long time as a gay male? Oh, here we go. So I have the privilege and the opportunity. I had the privilege and the opportunity to experience all of them. I was a closeted gay male. I was a church queen. Then I was an out gay male. Then I was a drag queen. Then after that, I met Raquel. And how we met were was on Facebook. There was a man that was interested in me that used to date her. And I found out. And I asked her some questions that pertain to something he asked me to do. And instantly we became sisters. Got it. it was uh it was like, girl, you need to run. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Why you're not gonna tell us what he asked? Ain't that part ain't none your business, but uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, oh, the juicy. I, I, I job to ask those questions. We want the juicy. Kidding. The question he asked me to turn over my income to him so he can find he so he can manage out my income. What the fuck? <laughs> and I said, huh? <laughs> and he asked um, my sister to he asked my sister the same thing, and I was like, I uh-uh, this Who ain't no man to me. Yeah. So I would like to know, did your mother, your father, your family accept you as a gay man and not as a trans woman? They would accept me more as a gay man because they figured at one point I might change my mind. Or I can live a closeted life. For them, not you. So many other people in my family do. Gotcha. Uh, so that that's kind of I feel like that's one of the lows of your transition. Let's talk about some of the highs of your transition. Like, what were some of the parts that you felt good in and gave you pride or gave you hope for that matter? There are so many things about my transition that gave me so much hope and gave me pride. Um, one of one of the first thing I can say was when I was when I got my first, my hair cut as a woman, you know, the woman's style. Because I didn't think that I could ever wear it because I said, oh, I'm like a boy with my hair cut low and I'm supposed to have curls and, and things like that. Honey, I can't do that. And um, <laughs> Raquel cut my hair. And Grandmama Orr, Grandma Oral is a woman who speaks her mind. She used to, well, she's deceased now. But me and her instantly, I became her granddaughter as well. And instantly connected. And she told me truth by myself when she first met me. And she said, oh, you needed that. It gave me a whole different look. Cool. And um, that was one that was home from there. Black it was all together. I was half short, half cut. I was Coretta Got king curls and all with everything. <laughs> you know, hair is so important in the black community. Uh, hair is so important in the black community. Um, hair defines a lot of black women. Um, and it can make us feel great or it can make us feel less than. So it's interesting that you chose to tell a high about your hair because it is very powerful. Um, we take some It's the time. small things for me that really were big highs. Putting on my first pair of stockings <laughs> was, a, was a high for me. 
Because I, I always would say, even as a boy, I had pretty legs. And even now, I'm still told that I have pretty legs. Okay. But with a pair of Berkshire stockings on, I have exquisitely mm, expensive stockings. Oh, yes, Berkshire is mm-hmm. expensive stockings. I, I and uh, that, uh, another thing, another high was um, when I had my first real date from a real guy was not afraid to take me out in public to acknowledge me as his girlfriend um, wouldn't would go in front of the entire church and kiss me in front of the church and wouldn't care what nobody would say knew how to treat me knew how to handle me um that was a very wonderful experience for me although we're not together in what other started uncertain circumstances that was a very very rewarding high personally right one of the personal personal things um uh, publicly um and and in my transition uh was being able to be at the first march in washington dc okay cool with trans women of of color and having to be on the front line holding the banner with my sister Tiffany and my sister Raquel was so rewarding for me. You know, I'm not gonna get emotional. And my sister Deidre was there. Deidre Black was so rewarding, and I had an opportunity to look. I was like, "Ooh, we feel that. Who is we out there?" So, because I wanted to do like a stealth. Have you have ever had any experiences where you were very interested in a young man, um, a y'all vibe, but he didn't know you were trans, and when you told him you were trans, things went away. Have you ever had that? Did you say things went away? Yes. I I have. How was that? And it is, emotional. Oh, it is one of the worst feelings. But you know, if you a woman that you know value honesty and value being upfront and giving a, a person that you are interested in the option to choose, be fair about that. If you are one of those people, then you know there is a possibility that. It could go crazy. So at what oh, point he, do, he, do he you or, go hurt? Yeah. So at what point in dating does a trans woman tell a man that may not? Well, that's a, di- that's a difference for each person. Yeah, I was going to say it's personally based person. on the person. But as yeah. for Samaria, in the beginning, gotcha. over the phone, in a safe, that's safer. In a safe place. Yeah, yeah, safer. Safe place. We ain't even met up, or <laughs> if we have met up, we ain't seen each other after if he didn't want it. You know, that's because oh, that's so I got to make sure that I'm safe. Is my well? Let me let you know something. I'm a woman of a different type of experience. What type of experience are you in? I mean, several. <laughs> <laughs> But I will tell you about one of them that you might not like, or you might enjoy, or you might be intrigued and want to get to know the woman of it. Okay, I'm a woman. I'm a woman of trans experience. 
Gotcha. I like that. Sometimes I think, can you handle it? That could be confusing to some. Like I, I've, I've met, especially here in the South, I've met men that literally have not been introduced to trans women. So, and this is years ago. I kind of find that hard to believe because now, this is years ago. It's more current now than 10 years ago. No, it, I think a lot of men, when they found out, they were shocked to shit. Um, I have one friend in particular, one friend in particular, and he's Bob. So to him, it is fine either way. But he's from a small town here in South Carolina. And he had never met a trans woman. So he was accustomed to a drag queen. Okay, yeah. But when she said to him, I'm trans, and his exact response was, trans what? And she had to tell him, you know, I was born a boy, and, and it rocked him off his socks. He called me at 2 in the morning, and he said, Raquel, I don't did it all. I got to do it. I'm going to do it. Any, I'm going to do it. I just want you to know I'm going to do it. But I met a transgender woman. And I said, okay. He said, girl, did you know that I could be a girl if I want to be a girl? I said, yeah, I knew that. He said, man, I never met a trans woman. And for the sheer fact that it was new to him, he was all the way in. He was like, I got to try because if I can get away with being with a trans woman, I can go to church. I can tell my mom. I mean, he was so excited wow. that he could walk outside and have all the worms. And that's how he explained it. Um, and since then, girl, he moved to Atlanta and he got a little bit. He, he said, I got to get out of South Carolina. Because- Why you ain't have him on with me? That would have been good. I mean, he just didn't know. Church boy. Wow. Um, he never he be a church boy. He, Barnwell, South Carolina. He probably never even heard of Barnwell. Never. It, it's this small. Um, everybody in that city knows each other. There's only one high school in Barnwell to give you an idea of how small it is. So, um, yeah. I mean, he was brought <laughs> away. And he was just like, for the sheer fact, that uh, I've never done this before, girl. I'm gonna do it, and I, I'm I'm gonna tell you all about it later. <laughs> How did it work out? <laughs> you know, they dated. They dated for maybe a year, but I think they had a lot of. They were just great. They ended up being great friends, and I think she helped him understand our world better. Um, I felt like he was really closed off. Um. I don't think oh, is he with a guy now? He is with a non-binary male now. Interesting. He does not have a preference. He's really and and I think that's what it taught him. Like he does not have a preference. He just knows that he likes a feminine boy or girl. That's what he knows. That's that's what he knows. Like he doesn't want he knew that he didn't want to be with someone that was masculine. But it did not matter to him if it were a feminine boy, a non-binary boy, a trans woman. He just needed a woman, something that was not as hard as him. And and he is attracted to femininity. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. Yep. And there are so yeah. many yeah. black men. Yeah, there is so many black men that are attracted to Severin. And um, I'm grateful that I can express all of that. <laughs> That's a wonderful way. But some men really don't know, um, especially 10 years ago. Um, it wasn't. Well, we're now living in a different climate, in a different climate, um, different time zone. Raquel. How can you not know if someone tells you that you're trans nowadays? Even old school kids know. I think some guys are still shocked. Like they, they meet women that have, trans women that have lived in trans privilege all their lives they have passed all their lives nobody has ever questioned it all their entire existence so when they're told i think some guys are definitely still shocked because they're thinking there's no way it's some girl okay there's a state of shock because i've seen a trans woman i'm a lesbian and i have approached a trans woman and one of my closest friends said "Mm mm-mm I'm like, what, bitch? Uh, uh-uh, what? What does that mean? And she, she didn't want to say it right because she was so close to us. And she said, you know that that's not that 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 fish is a little different than ours. I said, get here, man. She said, she said that that's not what's not. And then I thought I'm attracted to tall women. Number one, so I'm not even. I didn't see it. It was so intriguing to me. I remember, and I'll say her name because she'd be fine with it. I said to Whitney, man, can I, I just asked, can I see your breasts? I want to touch it. I want to, I, I, I need it to see it. Like, and, and she's one of my best girlfriends, you know, but I did not know. I think I know Wendy. I, I didn't Whitney. know though. You know what I'm saying? I really didn't know. I'm just, I didn't know. Wow. Well, we got to shift gears for the sake of time. <laughs> so Raquel, you want to dive into what you're dying to know? Yes, I do. I do because I've also had the privilege of um, having trans, um, trans female friends who've gone through the bottom surgery. And I'm, I'm very vocal. Like I want to see girl, let me see. Let me, let me, let me test you out. Let me, let me see. So, yes, ah, what you mean? <laughs> and look, that's a man. Look, I, I like, I'm, in, I am intrigued by a lot of things. So, so you want to test it all with? What you really? Look, I. Oh wow! I, I, I am a person who, I'm a person who will not die saying I did not do it. Well, how was that for you? <laughs> um. You know what? It it wasn't it wasn't any different than being with a woman. Thank you. Uh, you know. So to answer your question, yeah. I have had yeah. bottom surgery. Oh, uh, February twenty second was the day that yes was the day that I really was reborn. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. How Go long, ahead. How long was the recovery for you? The recovery is ongoing. It will be only complete for a year however i am able to use my vagina at five months i i was about to ask so can you use it oh that was my next question so can it's been five months so what does it feel like on your side of it do you have all the sensation 
I have just or about all of, I have just about all of my sensation. I do have an orgasm. I didn't know what I was having when I had one. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Why is my right leg shaking? Bitch, why am I shaking? So what was you doing to get? Is that pee? No, that's not pee. Oh, okay. I'm saying doing something and then I was happy intercourse, Malik. So penetration, penetration, dig in pussy. Yes, intercourse. Okay, I'm I'm just saying. I mean, we know. And I I think I had one from that and from Oregon, like from oral sex, because the person was like. Moment, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you fucked my clean." Don't stop. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "But shit, like, like I was reverted back to my own." <laughs> okay. Oh my God, it was so good, and he knew he knew he was doing too, baby. So, what made you decide that that's what you wanted to do? Because that's made. Because let me tell you something about. Oh, I'm gonna tell you two reasons. Number one, I am a, a sexual person. Like intimacy and masculinity, it turns me on. And um, I am a sexual person and I connect with sex. Like women do connect with sex. And honey, I needed some masculinity. <laughs> so long, mind you, I ain't had sex too much prior to. Oh, yeah, Gotcha. Huh. Two months prior to your procedure? Yes, because I couldn't have it. We we're not supposed to. Gotcha. And um, I followed the rules. I want to make sure this stuff worked. Where and, did you uh, go? Like, were you to in Dr. Peter, um, to, in Manhattan, Mount Sinai Hospital? They have a whole trans center there. Okay. In Manhattan, New York. New York City. I'm sure for, for people who are listening, um, that information, those resources aren't as easy to find. I feel like there's still a lot of resources that are very difficult to find in our community. So I think for a lot, a lot of people that I've spoken to and two people that I know personally, they went out of the country to have their procedures done. Yeah, um, that's an And I do have a friend that's having a procedure done later this year. Um, and they're doing it here in in the country. Yeah, I could not go out of the country because I, I can't get my sister there. Something happened. I should make sure my care was at one reach if I need to go. Right. Right. Okay. So when you saw well, it anyway, man, first time, like huh? how did you? When you saw it. Yeah, like when you saw <laughs> yourself. Your when I saw it for the first time, like saw it. Take like, pictures and all that, like excited. Mm-mm. I ain't take my, I ain't take no picture until the third month. Because swollen, right? It was swollen, and I was like, "Oh, I did see it in a mirror when that when they first removed all the packing and all the things like that." And I was like, "Ooh, what is this?" I was so scared. I was like, "Dr. T." Now, Dr. T is the top surgeon in the country to do this surgery. Marcy Bauer was the first trans woman doctor mm-hmm. to perform the procedure, and she was at my surgery. That's awesome. I like and, that um, history I- too. Uh-huh. It's a little bit of history too. Like yes. you part and of history. He taught she taught him and um he's perfected it and everything. And thank God he perfected it because baby, I boo, honey. This down here makes you think, honey. I was like, 
why is she so wet all the time? Why is she so slobbery? I call my mama. I said, Mama, is they ever going to stop? Mama said, you better be glad it's wet because it's going to be old. <laughs> so wait, you just said you call your mom. Yeah. Yeah. So mom is fully accepted who you are. It's still a process, but she is at the point. She, we have, we have mental health days where we talk about everything. Was no judgment, no attitudes, and nothing like that. We working on us, and because I told my mother, I said I don't want to lose my mother. I've lost my father, but I don't want to lose my mother. However, I still choose my happiness, and if I have to let you go, I will. That's when I stood firm in who I was, and I realized it's not predicated on her. It's me. I'm gonna die if I don't grab hold to this. Right. And I chose to kneel. I don't know. Because I got little. too much. <clears throat> and, I, and I think I could probably have this conversation uh, all night with you, but we do got to wrap. Um, <laughs> okay. Samaria, so maybe we got to talk offline, but. Um, you can call me. <laughs> I might do that, girl. Um, uh, you ain't either, but you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could leave, if you could leave um other trans women with words of encouragement, what would you tell them? Number one, you are you are enough. You are not in a race with no one else. And love you enough to walk in your own happiness. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, you know, we are we love having these kind of conversations. I think they're needed. I think these kind of conversations are very educational and open. Like I said, we, we this is a safe place and we lead with love and our whole goal is to educate. So thank you so much, Samaria, for being open because everybody's not open either. And, and making it an easy conversation and, and it was fun you know it was light we laughed a lot um so we thank you um we ask that you thank you, you are welcome um malik talk to us about sponsors all right so here on it's a trans world podcast we are creating a safe space for our trans brothers and sisters and our non-binary counterparts. We would love to advertise your business on this The Trans World Podcast. We're also looking for our community partners and sponsors. For more information, reach out to myself or Raquel. Follow us on IG at Raquel, R-A-Q-U-E-L-R-T-3 at TransWorldHTL. And you can follow me at one, the number one, gorgeous underscore church boy. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at Dreamcatchers Production. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, guys, we, we hate to end this, but uh, we gotta, we gotta end the cookout. Uh, we like to again say thank you to Samaria this is probably one of the best conversations for me since we've been doing the podcast um, because it's material that I like to talk about but uh, until next time we want to leave you with why we do this it's the trans world podcast is to educate those 
about the trans experience and to highlight the importance of equality because we are all human. We want to explore the diverse experiences, challenges, and triumphs of the transgender and non-binary communities. Um, we love being here with you. And like I said earlier, there's no other place that we would rather be. I'm your host, Raquel. And um, until next time, know that love is love. It's a trans world podcast. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>